The IZ Robot Stuck at Home Show. Hey kids, it is me, it's your dude, IZ Robots, and we're back for another super exciting, super fun episode of the Stuck at Home Show. That's the one where, like, the world is at a grinded halt, we're all hanging around the house, we're all trying to avoid a virus, it's like... It's whack, but it's all getting better, dude, because there is a vaccine on the way that's going to save us. It's available soon, I guess. I, I don't even know when it's available. I don't know why I said that, but it is going to be... It is going to be coming soon, and sooner rather than later, we will all be out there walking in the sun, enjoying life to its fullest. I... I don't know what to say about that, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. This is something I, I've thought about for a while. I, I had intended to do this show for the initial uh, stay-at-home order. Here in Santa Rosa, it was supposed to be like three weeks, and now we're like, now we're going on like 35 years of this. At least that's what it what it feels like, and and I have no no idea what I'm gonna do when this is all over. In my mind, I thought I would do the show until the uh, wear a mask in public order was lifted. That's when I, I thought that like that's when I thought you could officially call it all over. But I guess in some ways, when your boy me. Essential life personnel, IC Robots, gets the, uh, vaccine. It's also, to some degree, gonna be considered over, and I don't know what I'm gonna do when this is all said and done. Do I go back to doing the IC Robots show? To be honest, to be frank, I, I don't want to, honestly. I really don't want to. I, I like doing this, but we'll no longer be stuck at home. But in a lot of ways, um, my life isn't gonna change all that much because I usually just, like, hang and clang around the house for the most part anyway, but I will be out, uh, and about more doing different things. But I'm... I'm just rambling at this point. So check it out. I got something to open here, but I, I actually, I left it across the office. So I'll be, I'll be right back. I hope that you guys can hear me. I'm rolling my desk chair across the office to get something. Let me, um, I'm coming back right now as we speak. What I have in my hand is something that I have been looking for for like the longest time. It is a retro play, Masters of the Universe Skeletor, and I am dying I mean it. I am dying to break into this. So let me, uh, let me start opening up what we got here. The card is really neat. It has a little comic inside, just like, just like the older ones. I'm going to read that later. Let me set the card here. Let me set that there. And then we're going to get into Skeletor here. He looks very, very, very similar, but not exactly like the, uh, Skeletor that we all know and love from way back in the day. Let me get him... Let me cut him in here. He's held in place with a couple bands, a couple more around his feet. We should be able to just pull him, pull him past there. Let's see what kind of accessories. The accessories are in the back. That's nice. I won't have to fight to get these out. Let me get this tape out. I, as you can tell, I'm dying to get my hands on this. I've actually factually had it sitting around for a little while now, but I haven't, I've waited till, till we were all together for me to open it up. But check it out. Let me, uh... Let me ask your opinion on this before we get too far into it. I got this on eBay. I actually, uh, factually sniped it on election day. I have this, I have this strategy where I wait till there's like super important days, like election days, like holidays, and I'll kind of, I'll kind of skim through eBay to see if there's anything that is ending now that maybe I can get at a good price. And I got this Skeletor for a grand total shipped to my house for $11.94. I was very, very happy. That's actually cheaper. Why do I keep saying actually? I apologize. That's cheaper. That's cheaper than the price in the store. So I came out, I came out very far ahead, but the guy that I bought it for took forever 
like forever to ship it, right? And then when he did, he shipped it to your boy in just like a straight up bubble mailer. There was no padding of any sort. It was just like straight up in an envelope. And I could see when I got it that it was all smashed up on the inside. So I opened it up immediately in anger. Usually I'll wait till we're together on the show to like actually open. I said it again. I apologize. I'll wait till we're together to open the package. But this time I could see it was smashed. So I opened it and it was indeed smashed, which is okay because I am going to open it. But I was a little mad because the homie I bought it from did not know that I was going to open it. As far as he knew, I was going to collect it and put it on the wall or something. But he didn't wrap it with any uh, sort of care. And then I reached out to homeboy. I mailed him a quick eBay message saying, hey, you know, I got the card. It was all smashed up. The... The way I would have done it if I wanted to do a bubble mailer was I would at least wrap it in cardboard, blah, 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 blah. It was a very polite letter, kind of giving him some small degree advice from one, like, veteran shipper to the other. And then he uh, never responded. Like, never responded. And then I I mailed him again because I got annoyed with another note saying, hey, man, you could have just said, you know, I'm sorry or whatever. I... I realize that's a little bit passive aggressive and I shouldn't really do that, but I was I was annoyed, man. He didn't even respond. All he had to do was say, oh, you know, I made a mistake, blah, blah, blah. Just lie and say, I wanted to get it out to you quickly and I didn't have a box. Just anything like that. But he didn't say anything. So I'm thinking, do you think I should give him a neutral response? I don't want to give him a negative. I feel really bad about giving somebody a negative, but should I give him a neutral feedback? The wife said that would be warranted, but I'm... I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant to, like, go ahead and give somebody, like, a bad mark on their eBay. I might give him a positive feedback, but in the feedback, I might note that item was shipped in a bubble mailer with no protection. Came damaged. But then, that seems a little mean, too, but it is the truth. I mean, how mean is it if it's the truth? Reach out to me and let me know how you would handle this. But here I am. I have the Skeletor in my hand and I gotta say, man, he is absolutely beautiful. I'm gonna put him, I'm gonna put him with my old school Motus because I don't have, I do not have Skeletor and he is going for such a crazy price right now. I've seen it for like 80, 90, $100 even complete with the accessories. And this guy will be a nice, a nice placeholder until I find one at the flea market or until I find one at like a toy show at a reasonable price. He, He's really good. He has a lot of articulation. He's articulated at the elbows, at the knees, at the feet. His weapons are great. The face is great. I I think this is a dynamite action figure. I am very, very, very pleased. Oh, big shout out to my guy Potomac. He knew that I was looking for this guy at the Walmart like crazy. And he reached out to me and said that he had some at his store and that he was willing to send one to your boy helping out a toy bro in need. I appreciate that, my guy. Potomac, The Last Hometown. You can find him on the tweets, find him on the YouTubes, find him all over the place. Really great guy, real cool toy bro. But then check it out. After this one arrived at my house, I went to Walmart just to look around and they finally put the Motus on the shelf and dig it. Every single figure there was a Skeletor, except for one lone He-Man, who I don't want, even though I do think the He-Man looks really cool. In this... In this first wave, they have... These are called New for 20. That's what it says on the thing. They have He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Tila, the heroic warrior goddess. Man-at-arms, heroic master of weapons. Skeletor, the evil lord of destruction. Evil Lin, the evil warrior goddess. And Beast Man, the savage henchman to Skeletor. If I saw Beast Man on the shelf, I would get him. I also... I could probably be talked into getting Evil Lin because I have an old-school vintage Evil Lin. 
but I don't have her accessory. I don't have her staff. And the staff goes for like 20, 20 bucks, dude. It's like I could get the vintage one, give her the staff, and only I would be the wiser. And I don't even care because they're my toys. I can do what I want. This Skeletor is dynamite, though. I am so happy with him. Well worth, well worth the time. Well worth the search. I hope that they keep coming out with these, man. I hope they keep coming out because I would buy a lot of these. The one, Anyone I don't have already in the old school motus, I would get and be happy. Let's see what's inside the comic here. Skeletor, Evil Lynn. Here's Prince Adam. He says, I got the power and he changes. Then he hits Skeletor. Pretty typical stuff. Pretty typical things. I... I'm happy though. This is great. Let me uh let me see what else is going on as far as toys. I haven't really scored up on anything that was really that awesome except for this. But I'm I'm super duper pleased with this. I give this a uh a very high ranking. I wouldn't go as far as five mics on the good old fashioned source magazine mic meter, but he's a he's a solid four, dude. And for the price I paid, I'm pretty pleased. I think they're only twelve ninety nine. At Walmart, so these are these are a nice bargain, dude. I hope that they continue this line. I like I like how I can move Skeletor's head around, and he can look in different directions. He can look up, he can look down. He has a sword. He has that cool staff with the with the ram's head. Very 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 cool. I also I got to send out a shout out to my pal Preston, my pal Preston from the Wayback Attack, uh, also from Retrofied Magazine, which is going to be going out in print. Your boy bought a copy. Go to retrofiedmag.com. You can find it. It's really, really cool. I've already read the PDF version, but I wanted to get one in print as well. You can find that on the online. I think it's like 12 bucks. And you get a sticker. You get a sticker with it too. Mine's on the way. I can't wait to get my hands on it. But he also offered to send me the uh, He-Mans. He found them at his store. There was a million of them. He had everybody. He had Beast Man. They had all of them. Also, my homie reached out and offered to send me some Minimates. I gotta give him a big shout out for that. Really great guy. Anytime somebody reaches out and offers to help me out with something, I think that's just like, that's just super nice. Hope that you guys have the best toy hunting karma in the world. Before we go into the next segment, which is going to be the Pandemic Pantry with our gal, the Sausagetarian, let's, uh, let's take a quick break and listen to this unused He-Man commercial from Mattel. It's kind of weird. Who's the big guy with the muscles? Skeletor is his enemy. Who's the big guy with the muscles? Skeletor is his enemy. Hey, man. Hey, man. Skeletor and Castle Grayskull, you have to put the castle together. You're doomed, He-Man. Skeletor is his enemy. Oh, yeah! Now I have the power. He-Man and Skeletor each sold separately. Castle Grayskull also sold separately from the Masters of the Universe. The Pandemic Pantry. With your host, the Sausagetarian. Hey, everybody, it is me, the Sausagetarian, your friend. I am back in the pandemic pantry. I got all those negative blue weenies out of my system from my thwarted attempt to be a good patriotic poll worker. Um, and now, now I'm feeling like celebrating, I'm feeling like cooking. How did I get those blue weenies out of my system? I did some horsepower initiative. I threw my medicine ball around, I did some lifting, I did some grunting, I did some hurling, I did uh, some workouts on my rowing machine, and now I'm ready to eat. I realized that a couple weeks ago, I was talking about putting Worcestershire sauce in chili, and there was no context for that. Most of you were probably like, that is whack, nobody puts Worcestershire sauce in chili, so I need to clarify what I was doing and what I was making. I was making 
Cincinnati chili. If you know about Cincinnati chili, it's either because you love it or you've heard that it's that crazy, crazy chili that has cinnamon and chocolate in it and you serve it on spaghetti. That is true. That is true. But it's kind of its own awesome thing and it's not dessert. It's just a little bit of cinnamon and just a little bit of chocolate. The chocolate's optional, but I like it in there. It's just enough to, to give it some special sauce. Cincinnati chili was originated in wonderful Cincinnati. There's actually a whole book about this if you want to read the book, but uh, I'll give you the quick version here, all right? They're two brothers. They're Macedonian in, uh, immigrants, and they started a diner, and they took some of the combinations that they grew up with in Macedonia, and they applied it to the American Diner Classic of chili. And they served it on spaghetti because it's a cheap way to stretch a meal. It's great. I love Cincinnati chili. You have it with onions and beans on top and a huge pile of cheddar cheese, and it's kind of like a... a <laughs> I don't want to say white trash because all kinds of people eat it, but it's it's like a lower class version of a spaghetti bolognese, like working class American spaghetti bolognese. It's fantastic. I make it in my instant pot. If you Google my name, Sarah Burr, S-A-R-A-B-I-R, and Cincinnati Chili, it'll take you right to the recipe on Simply Recipes. The instant pot variation is on there. Don't yuck my yum. It's delicious. Just Just give it a shot, all right? Uh, and if you do, let me know how you like it. Hope things are a-okay and way better in your world than they were in mine yesterday. And I'm feeling great. So thanks for sticking with me. Bye-bye. Hey, bitches, I'm into the You against me. Me against you. Whatever, whenever. What are you going to do? What what are you going to do, dude, in a straight-up battle, me against you? What are you going to do? You're going to lose. That's what's going to happen. But uh, this is this is mad interesting to me because I saw something, and I, I don't even know what it was. It was probably like diners, drive-ins, and dives with uh, Santa Rosa legend Guy Fieri where he was talking about Cincinnati chili. And I'm like, what the flip is that? So I thought I was going to – I was actually going to reach out to – um. To Sarah because she is an Ohio native and also a master chef, so I, I thought for sure she would know what that was, and I, I never got around to it because I'm dumb, because I'm lazy, because I'm I'm all those things that uh, we hate about ourselves, and I'm glad that like she uh, somehow got the uh, mental message from your dude all the way here in California, all the way there to Ohio, and now. Now we know what that stuff is. I, I remember seeing somebody put it on spaghetti, and I'm like, that is so wacky. Like, how could you do that? But then I started thinking, whenever I eat chili, which isn't, like, often, but I actually factually did have um some chili last week, I do, in fact, always put it on elbow macaroni. That is my preferred way to eat the chili, and I guess that's, like, no different than putting it on spaghetti. It's exactly the same thing, except for the shape of the noodles, but for... But for some reason, putting it on the spagoot seemed abhorrent to me. But I guess that's just like, that's just all in my head, dude. That's just all in my mind. I gotta free my mind like Jim Morrison in the doors, looking at those riders in the sky. And I gotta just like... Except the fact that maybe some people out there like the spagoot with the chili on top. It's fine, dude. There are all kinds of different ways to eat things in the world. And none of them are wrong. Taste is all just like a matter of opinion, man. It's all just like what you prefer. I'm also glad to hear that uh, Sarah came out of her funk. She's been in a bit of a funk lately. Her and I email fairly frequently, a few times a week, and I hadn't heard from her in a while. And I was 
I was starting to get concerned, but at the same time, I'm a bad friend. And as we learned earlier, I'm a lazy person, and I, I didn't sit down and, and write her note. And I had been concerned, but then I got this. Then we emailed, and we um, chitty-chatted back and forth, and it turns out that, you know, she's just been busy, and your boy, who is me, took it as kind of a diss. I took it as an insult, but I'm glad that things are back in a... Back in full effect. You really do have to go out of your way to Google her. I mean it. It's Sarah Burr, S-A-R-A-B-I-R. It is well worth it, dude. There are so many recipes out there attributed to her. She has a website. She's the master of the Instapot. The Instapot is so dope. When we first got one, I got one uh, for the wife for Christmas. I think it was, I think it was last year. I was just like, she's never going to use this thing. This is going to be like the rotisserie cooker. This is going to be like any number of things that are never, not never going to get used even once. But we use this thing like all the time. The other day, the kid went out to McDonald's and she came home and she's like, hey, I got like a, I got four chicken nuggets if you want them. And I'm like, nah, who wants a chicken McNug when it's been sitting around for an hour? And the wife's like, no, check it out. She sprays some, uh, like she has like this oil spray. She sprayed like a little smudge on each of the nuggets. Tossed them in the Instapot a couple minutes later. They were as good as new. Wait, hold on. That was the uh, air fryer, not the Instapot. The Instapot's the thing that she made that really great butternut squash soup in the other day, dude. It was like, it was like a chilly day. And she took this squash that we grew in the backyard and she threw it in the Instapot with like all kinds of stuff. And then we went like, we went on a hike. We went over here. We went over there. We did all kinds of stuff. And when we came back, it was soup. It was great. So, that's the Instapot. Air fryer is a whole different thing. The air fryer is the thing that you use to heat up McNugs. The Instapot's the thing that you use to make chili and also soup. But both are great. Both are delightful. I'm sorry I got them uh, mixed up. But let's let's move forward in the show into uh, something, I don't know, something I enjoy. We're going to talk about taking a bath. And during that time, I'm going to whine and complain about some construction dudes. <laughs> I just took a bath. It's disgusting. A bath. Um, very good soak. The soak of the year. A bath. The soak of the year. A bath. Okie dokie, my guys. We are back for Calgon Take Me Away, the soak of the year. The segment where we talk about, like, thoughts and things I have when I'm taking a bath. Your boy's a big bath taker. I do it a couple times a week. I enjoy, I enjoy soaking my... My damaged and withered body into the hot bubbles. I like to go in, like, all the way underneath with only my nose sticking out like an alligator. It's a great way for me to, like, let the uh, tension of the day ease away. And the other day, I had so much tension that, like, I had to sit in the tub so long that the hot water became cold. And I had to, like, re-up with new water. I let half out and I filled it again with hot. It was, like, a very, very, very stressful day. I tried to... I tried to alleviate it. I hopped in. I had the bubbles. I had the Calgon. I had the Epsom salts. I had everything one could ever want. I had a Toy Fair magazine with no cover that I've read like 800,000 times in the bathtub. I thought that like, I thought that all this would make it go away. But let me tell you about it. It didn't go away in the least. We've been like, we've been putting off having the floors done in the kitchen for forever. We have linoleum and it has like a big scuff in the middle. But you know how it is when you got a house, there's like a million, billion different things you have to have done. And we've been doing like one at a time. Some we do ourselves, we paint and whatever. But like having a house is constant maintenance. It's like, it's just always, always, always fixing something, doing something. And the floor, 
because it wasn't like really essential. It was more aesthetic than anything else. It was very low on the list, but we kind of, we finally worked our way to the point where this was something that was going to get taken care of. But I, I myself, I didn't want to do it personally. I didn't want to have to deal with it. So we decided to like outsource the flooring to um some professionals. We made an appointment. The appointment we made was like weeks and weeks and weeks in advance. And it was a in the first place. But like, we finally got it all settled. Somebody came by, they looked at the floor they measured everything, they leveled everything, you know, they checked it with a level and all this stuff, and we decided that we were going to get, like, these synthetic tiles. It was going to be great. I was, I, was, I was pretty pleased with the whole thing. But then, like, the day of, the day of the actual work, the homeboys, first of all, the homeboys were like, we're going to call you in the morning and tell you when we're going to be there. And that's when the, uh, you know, the work will get done. And I guess I didn't like it, but I'm just like, whatever, dude, I got to deal with it. So... We did everything we were supposed to do. You're supposed to, like, get not all the furniture out. You don't have to get out, like, the oven or the fridge or whatever. They move the big things. But they do ask that you empty things out and that you clear the countertops and just, like, get it ready for work. We did all this stuff. We emptied the laundry room because they were going to go in there as well because it's attached to the uh, stuff. We had everything from the kitchen in the dining room or the hallway, just like everything was scattered all around the house. It was, it was whack. I'm a very orderly, I'm a very neat person. And this was driving me bananas, having this stuff everywhere. But it was what it was. It was going to be one day in my life. I could deal with it. But then they called and they're like, hey, we're going to be there at like two in the afternoon. We're going to be there at two. And I'm like, there's no way these guys are going to come at two and they're going to lay our floor in one day. I'm just like telling the wife, like, they're not going to come at two and be done at, like, 10. Because they said it was going to take, like, eight, nine hours they were going to do the work. I'm just like, this isn't happening. I told her, like, in my gut, this is not happening. Watch. Wait and see. I hope it happens. I pray it happens. I was down on my knees looking up at the great man above saying, please let this happen because I don't want to... I don't want to have to live another day with my life in disarray like this. But then the guys came in. They got here. They came in. And I could just see from, like, the second they walked in the door, I could tell that, like, something had happened at their last job or something had happened in their life. And I'm just like, you know, this is not going to take place. I guarantee it is what I, what I thought to myself. And then the guy comes in, he looks around and he's like, Hey, you're supposed to have the fridge out. You're supposed to have the stove out. You're supposed to have all these things out. And I'm like, nah, my bro. Nah, look, I showed him the contract. I said, here, it says, you know, we have to empty the countertops. We have to do all this stuff. We have to empty anything that you're going to move. But it says, look, you guys do the actual moving. And he's like, well, I don't know about that. And I'm like, well, I do know about that. It's right here on the paper. But I'm being very polite. I'm the good cop. That's my role and everything. I'm very good at sweet talking. I'm very good at cajoling. I'm good at all kinds of stuff like that. I'm the good cop. The wife is the bad cop. So I'm just like, no, bro. It says right here, you know, it's going to it's gonna be easy. Don't worry about it. But I could see on his face that he didn't like the fact that he was going to have to move all these things, even though it's on the contract that he's going to. So homeboy starts looking around, examining the area and everything, and he pulls out a level, and he goes, hey, look, right here, this is uh, three inches off level, so I don't think we're going to be able to lay the tile that you want. And I look at it, and I go, let me see the level, my guy. Let me check it out. Let me let me do a little investigating on my own. And I look at it, and it is like a half inch down, sort of, over toward the end of the laundry room, not the kitchen. The edge of the laundry room. A while ago, this was years ago, we had to have the floor replaced in the laundry room just because, you know, it's a laundry room. Water gets splashed on. And over time, you got to get these things kind of done. We had it done. The work was good. The work is good. But 
it is not 10,000% perfect. It may be a little bit down toward the edge, but I don't see why that's a big deal at all. If you're a flooring professional and he's like, look, I don't think you can lay this tile that you want. It's not even here. And I said, hey man, you can't like put some, uh, some plywood underneath or some kind of material or some kind of flooring. I don't think that's possible. And I'm just thinking that's possible. That's absolutely possible because in the past you've had tile done in the, in the bathroom and there was like a similar situation where the guy pointed out like that it wasn't exactly even and they were just going to put some plywood underneath and it was all going to be fine. My house is old. My house is mad old. It was built in late, the late 50s. But I like it. I have a retro house. I love it. I love that it's old. But with an old house comes a lot of problems. And one of the problems is sometimes the floors are not a million percent level. It's something you have to deal with. It's something as a professional you should be able to work on. But guys like, we just can't do this. It's impossible. This job is impossible. And I'm looking at guy and I'm going, it's impossible for you to lay tile on my floor. Because yes, it's impossible. I said, you can't put something underneath you can't do anything for that one small corner. There's nothing you can do. And he goes, no, there's nothing we can do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the inconvenience. And I'm just looking at Guy. I'm looking at him. And he's like, I'm sorry. It's just impossible. We have to go. And I'm thinking, you're leaving. You're leaving right now. You're not going to try to work on a solution. You're not going to try to fix the problem. You're not going to do anything. You'd rather just leave and not get paid then try to figure out some way to do this. But I could tell as soon as the guy walked in that it wasn't going to happen. So I was just like, I was so annoyed. I cannot tell you how annoyed I was, but I'm just like, okay, I understand you guys, you know, head off your way. Knowing like full well, the second he walks out the door, I was going to call the uh, flooring company and complain. But I, I decided not to do it. I had the wife call and complain and she went, she went ape on these guys like King Kong up the side of the building with Fay Ray in her hands. It was nuts. She ripped these guys a new anus in a very polite way. Not like screaming, not yelling, but she told him like, look, I took the day off work. I did this. I did that. We moved every piece of furniture. My house is in disarray. I can't believe that you guys did this to us. So the very next day, they sent another guy down, a different guy. And he looked at everything and he goes exactly what I said. I don't see why they could have just put some material underneath here to kind of balance it out a little bit. He's like, it's a very small corner very small area you'd have to put like just a strip of some material that we have in the truck he's like i got this stuff in the truck to do this it's no big deal things like this happen all the time nobody's floor is a thousand percent perfect and even if it is even if it isn't rather you just put something under it it's fine i do it all the time he's like i do this every single time i have no idea what happened i'm very very sorry i apologize from the bottom of my heart let me take 25 percent off the work when we do it let me reschedule you. Here's the good part. They rescheduled us a month and a half later. And we're both just like, so what do we do? Do we put everything back knowing we're just going to have to move it all again? Because it was kind of a pain. It was a bit of a pain to move all the dishes, just everything out of all the, you know, everything. It was whack. It was whack. The china cabinet, just all this stuff. So we decided let's just kind of leave it, like half leave it. So right now... The kitchen area, the dining area, it's all in just like disarray. It's kind of like a neat disarray, but it is a disarray. But eventually, eventually we're going to get some tile laid down on the floor and the sun will shine on us again. Things will be good. But dude, I was soaking in that tub and like, I was just seething because I don't like having workers in the house. I don't imagine anybody does. It's always a pain having people intruding into personal space and I didn't want to deal with it in the least, but I had to. It's fine, but 
it was all for naught, and in the end, I'm going to have to deal with it again, and I'm going to worry about it, like, for a month straight. So, your boy might be doubling up on the baths, your boy might be tripling up on the baths, as it were, to, uh, try to get rid of the stress of doing this. My monitor just went off. That's weird. I think I've been talking so long that the, uh, monitor went to sleep. So let's move into the next segment. That's a good sign. Weird. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Listen to the rhythm flow! Milky. Cereal. Baby. Milky. Cereal. Milky. Cereal. Baby. Milky. Cereal. Yeah, go for it. Max, enjoy the ride. This is ABC. Hey, dead burnage! What's wrong? They left without breakfast again. What are you saying? Beans. What else? Yeah. How about fruit flavors? Fruit? That's different. Come follow my nose. Got a nose big as Texas. It's always nose. Whoa, Come on, Fruit Loop cereal. With natural orange, lemon, and cherry flavors and a full day supply of vitamin C. Part of this complete breakfast. Well... All right, my guys, we are back for another edition of Milky Cereal. Man, I didn't realize that we were so deep into the episode. I, I've been sorry for that, I guess. I, I rambled on too long about the, uh, the construction mishaps, but... At any rate, at any, we are here for Milky Cereal. We're gonna, we're gonna do this, then we're gonna take it home. It's gonna be great. The cereal that we're gonna, we're gonna talk about really quickly is a cereal that goes by the name of Fruit Loops. That's fruit with two O's. F-R-O-O-T Loops. You got the O in the fruit, the O in the loops. This is the one that famously has Toucan Sam as the, uh, as the mascot. When the... When the cereal was first introduced in 1963 by Kellogg, which, on a side note, was founded in 1922 and at the time was called the Battle Creek Toasted Corn Consortium. It was uh, founded by the two Kellogg brothers to basically sell their cornflakes cereal. Cornflakes is like the cereal of all cereals when you get down to it. I would have to say that is the, the overall king. Of the cereal universe. But I haven't had cornflakes in many a moon. I've had frosted flakes, like, very recently. But I haven't had the corn in a long time. I like them frosted. I don't like them corny. But when the uh, cereal was first introduced in 1963, the loops, not the corn, the character of Toucan Sam was voiced by the famous, the world famous, the all-time great Mel Blanc, also known as Mel Blanc of, I don't know, man, every, every single cartoon fame in the world initially... The character was designed by the Hanna-Barbera team. So, you know, you got, like, a really uh, nice jump-off for a mascot there. You got Mel Blanc. You got Hanna-Barbera. You got everything you'd ever need. The rings on Toucan Sam's nose, you got a red ring, an orange ring, and a yellow ring. And these correspond with the cereal flavors, the colors of the loops. You got the red loop, the cherry, the orange loop, which is uh, orange-flavored, the yellow, which is lemon-flavored. And then later, they added purple green, and also blue, but here's a secret for you guys. Here's a little bit of a secret. The loops are all flavored the same. They're all the same. There is no difference to any of them. In England, due to a different, like, different production issues, this and that, this, the various laws as far as, like, coloring foods or whatever, they have a, they have a yellow loop, a red loop, and a blue loop, but not the other colored loop. I like, fr- I like Fruit Loops a lot, dude. I got a box of Fruit Loops right now. I, I picked up a box of the uh, Halloween loops 
over at the gross out, over at the grocery outlet, and I've been going through these things like crazy, dude. They're just so delightful, just so sugary, just so great. Let's see what else we've learned about Fruit Loops. Man, there's a lot. Over the years, they've had like million different Fruit Loop variations. Let's see if we can get into some of those. They had Fruit Loops Oops, which were like various uh, different colored ones. Over in Canada, they call Fruit Loops Humbug Crunch. Which I think is weird. There's been Fruit Loops strawberries, starberries, rather, where the loops were uh, star-shaped as opposed to circular-shaped. I think that's pretty cool. There's also been a retro edition that came out a few years ago with the original flavors. There was a... Honestly, there's not as many different varieties of Fruit Loops as I imagine. There's all the, um, the various seasonal loops, but not as many as there are flavors of uh, some of the cereals we've looked at in the past. You don't got, like, a peanut butter loop. You don't got a chocolate loop. You don't got any of those kind of things. Just the, uh, the typical loops. Sometimes they're different shapes. Sometimes they're different that. Let's, um... Let's take a look and see what kind of interesting prizes they've had over the years for Fruit Loops. I think I'd have to say the number one prize of all the time and space, as far as uh, Fruit Loops go, would be the uh, Kellogg Starbots. These are like, uh, these neat little robots. And they were offered through uh, various Kellogg cereals back in 1985. They're burned exclusively through Fruity Loopies. That's uh, the name of my aunt's dog, Fruity Loopies, which I've always thought was kind of funny. But the, uh... The Starbots are like an all-time great cereal prize. You had different shapes, you had different robots, and here's the kicker. They all transformed. You had a jet that transformed into a uh, fighting robot. You had one that was like circular, like a globe that became a robot. You had another one that was like a space shuttle that became a robot. You had one that looked sort of like the Starship Enterprise, except the saucer section is upside down, and that one became a robot. Just like an all-time classic. In the cereal world. Here's a, another quick tidbit. Because I think we're going to bounce up out of here. I should have probably saved this for a future episode. And kind of gone more in depth into the Fruit Loops than I'm going right now. But we are hard pressed for time. We only got so much time on the IC of Robots radio server available for each episode. And if we go over, that means somebody has to go short. And you don't want less Carlos. You don't want less Gino Vega. You definitely want less me talking about cereal. But when they initially dropped the Toucan Sam character, he had a fruity hat like uh, Carmen Miranda, but they quickly got rid of that. And when they initially dropped him, the voice that uh, Mel Blanc, I don't know why I keep saying it like that. I keep saying it like super fancy. The voice that Mel Blanc was using was an American accent, but over time, the Toucan Sam has uh, kind of morphed into more of a uh, British accent. I wouldn't say fully British. Kind of like a British offshoot of some sort. He's fancy. Also, you follow the nose, it always knows. That's Toucan Sam's slogan. And that is based upon the fact that Toucans, the real-life Toucans, the bird out there in nature, has a acute sense of smell. They're known for uh, being able to smell Fruit Loops and various fruits, bananas, mangoes, all this jungle fruits, star fruits, dragon fruits, all those things you find in the jungle far more acutely than, say, a parrot or, say, a macaw. I don't know how you could verify that for truth, but it is the truth as I understand it. We're gonna, we're gonna get up out of here. I apologize for this segment. Not as good as I would have hoped, but you guys know a little bit more about Fruit Loops than you did when you started, which is probably not really all that much. I was on Facebook. I was on Facebook. I was on eBay a while ago doing a little research, trying to see what I could find as far as like Toucan Sam prizes and different characters and stuff. And the the number one most expensivest Toucan Sam item out there is a pop vinyl. 
It's like a metallic colored pop vinyl of Toucan Sam that was dropped by by Funko, obviously, at some kind of an exclusive Funko event. And that one sells for like up to like $700, which is crazy. I think pops are crazy in the first place. I think they're the beanie babies of the uh, 2020s. But if you spend like $700 on a Toucan Sam uh, pop vinyl, you're crazy. You're nuts, I guess. But whatever makes you happy, dude. But don't. Don't spend all your money on something like that. I think that we're gonna, I think we're gonna get out of here, man. We're gonna head for the hills. We're gonna go up and do something more fun right now. It's raining. I'm gonna go outside and dance around in the rain. Get a cold, get pneumonia, get the bug, and die. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But until it does, this is me, Icy Robots, signing off. Do the time. Don't let the time do you. Times seem hard right now, but you gotta believe. Things are getting better. Birds are migrating again. Rains are back. Stuff's, stuff's getting better. Things are getting better. This has been an IC Robots radio production. This is me Iceberg13, and IC Robots is too proud to admit it but he needs you to go over to supportthereport.com and sign up as a patron member. It doesn't cost much and our boy is looking around in garbage cans for things to bring home. Supportthereport.com Tons of patron-only shows for a small monthly donation. Don't let I see robots become master. The Grouch. That address was supportthereport.com